Good morning and welcome to our services. We're glad that you're here today. We have a number of our own folks away today. A lot of our young people are on a retreat this weekend and we hope to have them back safe and sound this afternoon, I think between two and three. And we hope that they have learned much and grown as Christians and that they've enjoyed spending time with one another. We do want to take this opportunity to welcome those of you who are visiting. As always, we appreciate so much your presence. We encourage you to come back to be with us at every occasion that you have. We're going to be looking today at Hebrews chapter 11, the passage that Cameron read a moment ago. As we think about the theme, it's all about the choices that we make in life. On a daily basis, we make choices. Some of those choices are very important some not so important. Many of the choices that we make in this life will have a bearing not just on our lives, but on the lives of others. I want to call attention to the life of a man that made numerous choices in his life. Interestingly, the choices that he made not only profoundly influenced his own life, but multitudes of others as well. The man I'm talking about was Moses. Moses, as you well know, is one of the great characters in the Old Testament. In Hebrews chapter 11, we find a record of this man. He was a man that lived by faith, and he made some very distinct choices in life that ultimately led to his name being included in what we call phase Hall of Fame. Let me begin by calling attention to the faith of Moses. And really what we're talking about here, his trust in Almighty God. As we look at our lesson text, verses 24 and following in Hebrews chapter 11 down through about verse 29, you look at what the writer has to say about Moses. And one of the things that stands out is that the guiding principle behind which he made decisions in life was faith. In other words, faith guided him and helped him in the decision-making process over time. When you look at verses 24 through 29, six verses, and in those six verses, four times it is said about Moses by faith, evidence that he lived by faith. Let me begin by talking about the development of faith. How does faith come about in the life of a person? Paul would say in Romans chapter 10 at verse 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so faith is a product of hearing the word of God. Now take Moses, for example. Moses, as you well know, was placed at the side of the riverbed by his own mother because an edict had gone forth 
from Pharaoh in the long ago to kill all the male children. Moses was spared and thus reared in the home of Pharaoh's daughter. His own mother, Jacobin, was called upon to nurse, to care for Moses, her biological child. And I think about the relationship that he forged with his biological mother. Now granted, he had a relationship with the daughter of Pharaoh because she took, her, she took him into her home. But think of the principles that were laid down by his mother. No doubt she heard about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Faith was born. And parents today have that same opportunity to mold, to shape, to train, to teach children about the Lord. Paul would say that we're to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 6 at verse 4. And then the demand of faith. How essential is faith in the life of a person? Well, back in verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11, the writer would say, without faith it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When I think about the demand of faith, I'm reminded of what is recorded by the writer here as it relates to Moses. Take, for example, what is said in verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. Here you have accounts of Moses and the children of Israel complying with the will of God. Now, the demand of faith is that we believe in God and that we act in accordance with his will. That's what Moses did. God said, this is what I want you to do, and Moses complied. Moses was not a perfect man. We understand in reading the Old Testament that Moses was prohibited from entering the promised land because he disobeyed God on one occasion. But when you look at the summation of his life, his life was about obedience, submission to the will of God. And then the decisions of faith. Go back with me now and look at verses 24 and following and note some of the decisions that Moses made by faith. The first decision that he made had to do with his family. And particularly we're talking about his family from the court of Pharaoh. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now just think for a moment. Moses was about 40 years of age. At this point in time, 
in his life, he began making decisions that would not only alter his own life, but the lives of many other people. At the age of 40, he makes this decision. At the age of 80, God calls upon him to become the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel. It would be through his leadership that the children of Israel would escape Egyptian bondage and ultimately escape the throes of bondage or persecution. Let me just read for you a statement that I think helps to somehow sum up some of the choices that Moses made as those choices related to his family and not just his family, but the other things that he gave up as well, such things as fame. From the human, vo from the human viewpoint, how unthinkable is what Moses did. He must indeed have loved the gentle daughter of Pharaoh who had rescued him as an infant from the terrible death by drowning in the great river, and then had, had brought him up as her own child and it must have cut squarely across every instinct he had to reject her, to refuse her loving affection, and to accept the scorn and hatred of them who had clothed and fed and educated him, to say nothing of the sacrifice of all the wealth, honor, power, and glory that would have come to him, and which accompanied his status as the heir presumptive to the throne of Egypt. His decision, therefore, is impossible to understand except on the basis of what is said here, that it was by faith that he did so. This means that God communi communicated to Moses the desire and command that Moses should make the great refusal. It is an act of nearly incredible faith that he did it. Moses turned his back on the court of Pharaoh. He gave up, as I said a moment ago, a lot of things. He walked away from his family. He walked away from fame. You just think about the court of Pharaoh. And then what about the riches? All of the wealth that Egypt had in that day. Look at verse 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Moses could have had a lot of fun. He could have enjoyed life to the fullest from a worldly vantage point. And yet he said no. He understood that the pleasures associated with a sinful lifestyle are brief at best. And then verse 26 esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. Here was a guy that could have had it all, as we say. And yet, because of his immense faith in Almighty God, he turned his back on all of that to align himself with his Hebrew people, that is, the children of Israel, and live by faith. Now we talk about the choices that we make in this life. 
hopefully and prayerfully, the choices that we make in this life are guided by faith. In other words, we see a distinction between that which is temporal in nature and that which is eternal in nature. We understand that there are some things in this life that could bring immense pleasure and happiness to us momentarily, but we take the long view of things. In other words, we look at things from an eternal vantage point. Like Paul, we do not look at the things which are seen, but rather at the things which are not seen. Let me call attention now in the second place to the fate of Moses. As we think about the fate of Moses, let me just stress for a minute the consequences that resulted from the decisions that he made in this life. For every action, there is a corresponding reaction. Moses in the long ago made some decisions. Those decisions were based on faith. That was the criterion for making decisions in life. Now, there were some corresponding results to the decisions that he made in this life. There were really four things that resulted based on the decisions that he made. First of all, his sacrifices. I said a moment ago that Moses gave up a lot from one perspective, to serve God, to align himself with the people of God, and to enjoy the blessings of God. He gave up associations that were no doubt very close to him, his own family. That is, Pharaoh's daughter, the relationship that he sustained in the court of Pharaoh. And then what about worldly acclaim? Here was a man that could have been very prominent in Egypt. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 7 that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and he was mighty in words and deeds. You just think, of, here was a man that probably received one of the finest educations of his day. He was a man of royalty. He had any and everything at his fingertips, at his own disposal. And yet he said no to those things. And then what about worldly amusements? He could have had whatever he wanted materially, but he said no to that. So, the sacrifices that he made, and then his suffering, verse 26, verse 25, amplify the afflictions that he encountered because of his alignment with the people of God. When Moses and Aaron stood before Pharaoh, Pharaoh did not know the God of Israel. As a matter of fact, if you go back and you read the book of Exodus, you'll find Pharaoh in the long ago asking the question, who is this God? He didn't understand who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was in the long ago. And yet Moses stood before him asking for the release of the children of Israel. Did you know that living the Christian life, living a life of faith is not immune to trials, adversities, adverse circumstances? 
Paul would say in 2 Timothy chapter 3 at verse 12, all that would live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. The Bible says that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Some would ask, what about the reproaches? What about the suffering that he encountered? It may well have been the case that the suffering Moses encountered in the long ago was a type of the suffering that Jesus would encounter. Moses, after all, was a type of that prophet to come, that being Jesus, according to Deuteronomy chapter 18. And then what about his submission? Moses made decisions based on faith, and yet out of that faith grew what? Submission, submission to the will of God. In verses 27 through 29, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. Moses was willing to be submissive to the will of God because he had made choices. Choices that dictated, whatever God says, that's what I'm gonna do. In Exodus chapter seven at verse 10, we have an account of Moses and Aaron going before Pharaoh. And the Bible says that they did what was commanded by the Lord. When we make decisions, based on faith to follow God. That means future decisions we make are going to be based on what God says. I live my life in compliance with the will of God. Everything that I do, everything that I say has to be in concert with the will of God. I'm under his control. Jesus is to be the Lord of my life. To be Lord means to be the ruler of my life. God in heaven was the ruler of the life of Moses. And so Moses sought to live in accordance with God's will. And then his service. Moses became one of the greatest leaders in ancient history. The Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 34, verse 5, in connection with the death of Moses, that he was a servant of the Lord. You see, Moses decided that he was going to serve the Lord and that he would be a servant for God, that he would be used in his service. I want you to think for just a moment about the life of Moses. Forty years he lived in the court of Pharaoh as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Forty years, he was basically schooled in the wilderness. Eighty years of training for 40 years of work. Moses died at the age of 120. The Bible tells us that he was robust, that he was a man of great faith and great service. Here was a man that allowed himself to be used in service to God. Think of the highs and lows, the joys and frustrations, the good times and bad times that Moses encountered in his life. His life was dictated by faith. His life was a life of service. He allowed himself to be used in service to the will of Almighty God. Those of us who are children of God today. 
We may be asking the question, how can God use us? How can he use me individually? Did you know that God can take you as a young person and he can do great things with your life if you'll let him? Did you know that God can take those of us who are older, who are more mature, and he can use us in his providential, in the providence of his will? Is it not the case that God can take elderly people, people that have been around the block? He can take those people that have been to the University of Hard Knocks. He can take people that are seasoned in the faith and he can use them for his good and his glory. Moses, above all, was a servant. When word came to Joshua, the successor to Moses, God said in the first chapter of the book of Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was a great servant. When it's all said and done, hopefully and prayerfully, that which we will leave behind as a legacy will be that we serve the Lord. And then thirdly, the future of Moses. What about the cherished blessings of his decisions? I said a moment ago that it's all about the choices that we make in this life. Could Moses have said no to a life of faith? Could he have said no to a life of service for Almighty God? Absolutely. He could have said no to that. You and I, we have that same, we have that same option. We can either use our lives to the glory of God or we can say no. We're not going to be used to his glory, to his good. But when Moses made those decisions, there were some great blessings that followed. Let me just cite for you three blessings. First of all, I want you to think for a minute about the heart of Moses. Note, if you would, what he said in verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. First and foremost, Moses had a heart for God. He had a heart for God. In other words, he saw him of whom the writer said is invisible. God is spirit, and yet God is real. We can't see God with our senses, but we have his revelation, we have his creation, and we know that God exists, that God is. Moses developed a heart for God. I believe that heart was developed at an early age through the rearing and training of his own mother. But that faith grew. And as it grew, Moses grew. And thus, he came to believe in the invisible God, the creator and the redeemer. And then secondly, what about the honor of Moses. Think for a minute about what is recorded here in chapter 11. When you read the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you read about some of God's greatest servants, don't you? Beginning with Abel in the long ago. 
And we can go down the list. Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Joseph. And the list goes on and on. Here we have men and women who have been enshrined in what is called the Hall of Faith, the Hall of Fame. That's what it is, really. It is a Hall of Faith, like the Hall of Fame. Moses is remembered as a man of faith. When we talk about the honor of this man, isn't it interesting that in Matthew chapter 17 we have an account of Jesus being transfigured in the presence of three of his disciples? And the Bible tells us that two people appeared on the scene. Moses, the great leader and lawgiver of ancient Israel, and Elijah, one of the great prophets of God. They had the honor of being in the presence of the Son of God, the Messiah. No doubt that Moses could have looked back to that promise as revealed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and look, to the, and look to the coming seed, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Christ, the anointed one. And then thirdly, what about the hope of Moses? What about his hope? Well, back up and look at verse 26. The Bible says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Sometimes people ask the question, what's in it for me? It may be the case that you talk to people about Christianity. Somebody will ask you, why are you a Christian? And then they may pose the question, well, if I become a child of God, what's in it for me? Let me tell you what's in it for you. It's called eternal life. What was in it for Moses? It's called a reward the reward of faith. Let me just call attention to something. Look back at the first part of Hebrews chapter 11 for a minute. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have similar statements made about other people. For example, verse four, by faith, Abel offered to God. Verse five, by faith, Enoch was translated. By faith, Noah being divinely warned, verse seven. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham. Look at verse 11. By faith, Sarah. So here were people that did what? They lived by faith, didn't they? Drop down and look at verse 24. By faith, Moses. Now look at verse 13. They lived by faith. Verse 13 says, these all died in faith. We live by faith and we die in faith. What do we have to look forward to? It's called a reward. The Bible says that we live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Let me close by asking this question. The decisions that you have made in your life up to this point in time, how are they working out for you? For good or bad? If you were to assess your life based on the decisions that you have made, what would you say? Things are going great? 
things are well, it's well with me as a, as a Christian? Or would you say, you know, things haven't worked out quite like I thought they would. My life's not what I had hoped for. My faith is not where it needs to be. Every decision that you make in this life affects either you or somebody or both of you. I want to encourage us to make wise decisions, right decisions in this life. There are a lot of folks in our world today they have made poor decisions. And sadly, they continue to make poor decisions. When you make bad decisions, those decisions can sometimes haunt you for a lifetime. And sadly, even on out into eternity. And so my encouragement to all of us, choose wisely. Moses chose to do right. It is a choice. No one can force you. No one can make you do something you don't want to do. Now, let's just say you decide to become a Christian today. Does that mean that automatically all of your trials and your troubles and your heartaches are going to pass away? No, it doesn't mean that. I wish it did, but it doesn't. But it does mean that first and foremost, all of your sins can be washed away. And you can rid yourself of what is called guilt. The Bible tells us that when we obey the gospel, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, repenting of our sins, confessing his name before others, and then when we are immersed in a watery grave of baptism, we rise to walk in newness of life as Paul pictures in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Peter said every sin is remitted, Acts 2, verse 38. Paul said that our sins are washed away. So I don't have to bear the guilt and the weight of sin any longer. It's over. Secondly, I have a God who will be at my side come what may. I can claim the promises that were made by men like David of the long ago, who said, this I know God is for me. I can claim the statement made in Hebrews chapter 13 where God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And then I have the privilege of prayer. I can bow my head before God the Father and I can ask for help, strength, patience, encouragement, comfort, direction, or guidance. If you're here today and your life is a mess, I got good news for you. You're at the right place. You can make the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life by becoming a child of God. If you're here today and maybe your life is not what it ought to be, why not make the choice 
to come home. Lots of people have done it in the past. You can make that decision, and I promise you, as a family of believers, we will do everything that we can to encourage and support you. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. We would be more than happy to pray with you and for you as we stand and sing.